Good morning, everybody. My name is Jim, and it's my honor and pleasure to be one of the pastors here at the church. I'm really glad to be with you this morning. Aren't you glad to be in the house of God with one another? Somebody say amen. Oh, at least five of you. Praise God. Maybe we did get more coffee before we left out there, man. Uh, somebody told me this morning that we had enough coffee in one of our uh, meetings in the, between services that we might actually have somebody raise their hands today. And I said, let's not get too crazy now. Come on, build it them up. Yeah, thank you. I want to share uh, a passage from the Word of the Lord with you as we center our hearts around God's revelation to speak to us. Today we'll be reading from Psalm 16, verses 7 through 11. So I invite you to hear the Word of the Lord. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my soul rejoices, and my body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol, or let your faithful one see the pit. You show me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Father, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Come, Holy Spirit, give us a word that we might live. Help us to encounter you as we meditate upon you and ponder what you have spoken. We thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right, we'll just start. Sometimes you just got to come right out and say it. You know what I mean? Let's not beat around the bush. This is not a time for pleasantries. This is a time for honesty. I like country music. I just do. I like country music. I think it's fantastic. The other day I had a country song stuck in my head. It was not from the era of good country. You know what I'm saying? This is like in the mid, mid-2000s. There's some good country there. We can talk about this a little later on. Um, this might be a controversial opinion, but nonetheless, there's a song that kind of stuck in my head. It's Blake Shelton, God Gave Me You. Do you all know this song? Does anybody know it? And don't be surprised if I say things like y'all a little more frequently today because I'm thinking about country music and my brain does a weird thing. It just does that. Blake Shelton's God Gave Me You. It's a, actually written by a contemporary Christian artist, but Blake Shelton took a hold of it and gave it that good old country twang. It's, uh, see, I did it again. Um, it's a romantic song with a great memorable chorus that says, God gave me you. And I think, I think that's where the title comes from, um, but we'd have to check and ask. And if you've got that song in your head now, just know that uh, you're welcome. And don't ever say that I never gave you anything. Uh, there you go. God gave me you. You can look at your sweetheart if they're with you, if you have one, and be like, aww. It's a really sweet thought. God does, because God gives a, a places people in our lives to bless us and for purposes. I bet you can think of a, a handful of people, even just platonically. We're not just talking about romantically. You can just say, thank God that God placed them in my life. But you know what? <clears throat> God gives us our own lives too. And so... It is just as true to say that God gave you 
you. God gave you, you. Now today we're continuing in our series of sermons called Entrusted, and what we're doing is we're exploring the transformative power of whole life stewardship. And here's the premise. Everything belongs to God and is entrusted to us to steward faithfully. Everything belongs to God and is entrusted to us to steward faithfully. Everything. Now, I know we got a lot of church folks in the house today, um, and when you think about stewardship, I bet you are often thinking about money. It's October, after all, um, and that's what we do. In October, we talk about money, and that is part of it. Absolutely. And we will talk about money. In fact, just so you'll know, we start, we've begun our annual uh, pledging campaign, our stewardship campaign here at the church, where um, during this time, people will pledge what they, what they prayerfully estimate that they will be giving for the next year to the church. We like to prepare our generosity and commit to it together. Church members, you either have or will be receiving a letter in the mail letting you know all about it, and not too long from now, you'll get your pledge cards or your uh, information about how you can pledge online if you want to do it that way. That's fantastic. On the 22nd of October, coming up, we'll have our Consecration Sunday. It's a special holy day where we bring uh, our commitments and recall our commitments to pray over them together uh, and consecrate them to the Lord. And then after that, we're going to have a covered dish lunch over in our newly renovated Ford Hall. But thanks to your generosity, praise God, we're going to give, we're going to eat in the same day, and it's a good thing. Yes, but stewardship is not just about money. Thank you for allowing me to do that little PSA. It's a little infomercial mid-sermon there. But stewardship is not just about money. It's about everything. Everything. It's about how we have the joy and the opportunity to live as faithful custodians of all that God entrusts to us. That's whole life stewardship. That means stewarding the people that God has placed in our lives, stewarding our resources and our, our provisions, stewarding our ministry individually and together, stewarding our own lives. And so today, today we'll pick up on one of those topics and just remind you that God gave you, you. How do we steward our one and only life? Now, it's a complex topic, and we're going to have to narrow it down a little bit. But let me just talk about some core aspects of human life. People are complex. I don't know if you figured that out yet. Uh, you're complex, and so am I. We have an exterior life and an interior life, and it's all wrapped up in this body. And Psalm 16 is one of many places in Scripture that uh, expresses the various aspects of a human person. You can hear it in the ninth verse where the psalmist says, My heart is glad, and my soul rejoices, and my body rests secure. Jesus will echo very similar statements, recognizing this very holistic view of what it means to be human when he invites us in the great commandment to love the Lord our God with all our heart mind, soul, and strength. We are embodied souls and hearts and minds. 
Those are core aspects of what it means to be a human, to have a body, to have a heart, to have a mind, to have a soul. And how often do we consider these, very, these various aspects of our life? How do we consider how they are gifts to be used for God? Well, today, just to narrow it down, just for logistics sake and time's sake, I'm going to devote most of my short time here today to talk about stewarding our bodies because for a couple reasons. One, because we often put uh, spiritual things and, and physical things in conflict with each other, and it's not that way. Bodies are spiritual. The other reason is because I think it's a very important discussion that, uh, that directly impacts our lives, and we don't talk about our bodies and our faith enough. So just for a few minutes, our bodies, these flesh and blood bodies are a gift from God. Your body, my body, this hair that was too gray on the barbershop apron yesterday is a gift from God. This, this one right here, just like all of yours. You can't think without your body. You can't feel without your body. You can't do good without your body. You can't relate to others without your body. And just like everything that we are given, our bodies can be used for great good or great harm. We can do good with our bodies, and we can do harm with our bodies. Now, it is very rare that, that we will meet someone who is absolutely secure and satisfied with the body that they have. Most people are dissatisfied with their bodies for one reason or another, and many people, quite frankly, don't like their bodies at all. And I wish that were different. I wish it were different because God gave them to us. God gave our bodies to us. Hating your body is actually a victory for the devil. And, you know, there's all the, these things that, uh, in, that are out in front of us media, etc., these images of what we are supposed to look like, for example, those are idols that get in the way of our true, true joy and relationship with God. The fitness industry, outside of health and wellness, the fitness industry can quite get sacrilegious, turning our bodies into an idol for our own selves and for others. Shame over our appearance or our physical ability is, quite frankly, demonic in origin. Because our body is created by God, was given to us by God, and is, in fact, a temple for God. That's what the scriptures say. Dr. Beth Felker Jones wrote a wonderful article. I don't know if you know of who she is, but this article is great. Uh, I'd love to help you find it later. The article says this, What if God loves your body? Now, don't get weird. What if God loves your body? She reminds us of a few things the Bible says about our bodies. Sometimes we'll think that Christianity and the Bible says nothing but uh, prohibitions and bad things about bodies, but it doesn't. She reminds us of a couple things from 1 Corinthians. For example, God's Spirit dwells in you. And guess what? That can't happen unless you've got a body. She reminds us from 1 Corinthians also, you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. 
And there's this great part of this article, I'm going to just have to read it to you, where she asks these questions, these just profound questions, and, and I want you to hear them. She says, what if your body is a temple, that's the quote from the scripture, what if your body is a temple means that the spirit, who is God, makes your very flesh the holy of holies, that is, a place where God dwells. What if you can glorify God in your body by praying that the Spirit would empower you to live like Jesus, that you could glorify God in your body by lifting your hands in praise or bending your knees in worship, that you could glorify your body by attending on the means of grace and coming to the Lord's table to partake in His body and blood that will sustain you in your body and your soul day by day. What if it means that you can glorify God in your body by seeking the fruit of the Spirit to serve the world that God loves so much and faithfully pursuing good work? What if it means that you can treat sex as a good gift from God and dignify it through faithfulness in marriage and through fighting its denigration in systems and norms that hurt people? What if it means that God cherishes your stretch marks and your scars, your cellulite and your skin, your numbered hairs and tired feet, loving the story of a finite life lived for God's glory of self-giving, repentance, and relationship and love? What if your body is a temple, is demonstrated in baptism, confirmed in discipleship, and proved most decisively in Jesus' incarnate flesh and anticipated in the resurrection of the dead. What if your body was a good gift that God loves and that you could use for good and find security in? I don't know that we've ever talked this much about bodies in church. How can you be a steward of your body Love and honor your body. Love and honor your body. It is a gift. It is where Christ dwells. It is how you can hold someone's hand. It is how you can wipe a tear from a cheek. It's how you can carry someone's burdens. Honor and cherish your body. Nourish it. Rest it. Move Use it for honorable things. Submit your body to Christ. You may recall in the scriptures it says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But we should remember that that's not like the all-time decree. That is a description of our state before Christ. That it can be through the power of the Holy Spirit, we may, by submitting our bodies to Christ, receive grace from God that our body may be as willing to follow Christ as our spirit. Do no harm with your body, to yourself or to others. Deny the urges it brings, as we know that our body sends us signals that are hard sometimes to consider and work against. Submit it to Christ that more and more our body might bring forward 
signs and signals for good. Be aware and resist the pain that can be inflicted by our body onto another. Do no harm. And use your body to do good to others. And do all this not for your own self-actualization. I would be like the worst fitness influencer with this sermon today because I don't want you to do this solely for you. I want you to do it for the glory of God so that then you and all of us can be blessed because we are never going to be more satisfied that when every part of our entire human existence is redeemed in seeking the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is by him we were made, for him we were made, and through him we have life. And then if we, can, if we can make some progress in this way to stewarding our bodies, then we might be able to honestly say along with the psalmist, my body rests secure. My body rests secure. Because when God offers us salvation, it is for our soul, praise God. It is for our heart, praise God. It is for our mind, praise God. But do not forget, O people who proclaim the resurrection of the dead and the resurrection of the dead into new life, that bodies matter to God and that your body can also rest secure in salvation. The psalmist reminds us that in the God's presence there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. So, many aspects of what it means to be a human being so to be a good steward of our one and only life, it involves stewarding our bodies. But also it might mean that, it does mean that we allow Christ to take residence in the throne of our heart. That we let the Spirit of God form within us the mind of Christ. That we allow God dominion over our body and the whole of who we are for his good and for the good he has us to do in the world. God gave you, you, and a part of you is flesh and blood. And that's a good thing. And that's a good thing. All right, so I'm almost done talking about bodies in church. You can stop holding your breath now. But I want to give you one final word before we use our bodies to come and receive the body and the blood of Jesus. God gave you you, which means that your life, your life is an intentional gift Give it to Jesus, and he will give it back to you with blessing. God gave the world you. You are a gift. Make Christ the Lord of your life, and then you will be a gift to God and a gift to so many others. And God gave us you. Pardon the grammar. I'm trying to fit with that Blake Shelton song. God gave us you. You are a gift to us. We are so glad to be a part of your life, even for just a few moments. And we would love for you to join us in the family of God. And we pray that as we try to steward our whole lives, that our heart may be glad, that our soul would rejoice, and that our bodies would rest secure. Amen? Amen.